It's unnecessary roughness. Shotgun snap to Stidham. Lobs near corner for Adams. Makes the grab in the corner. Touchdown Raiders! An absolutely perfect pass. And Adams dragged his feet in the back left corner for the Raiders lead with 10 seconds to go before halftime. All I can say, Jason, is wow. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. Q. And welcome back. Welcome in, Raider Nation. Here we go. Unnecessary Roughness. Raider Nation Radio 920. My man Ari, he's holding it down the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm holding it down the home studio on this Friday, coming off the heels of JT the Brick. And uh, a really lengthy interview with Reggie Jackson, the great Reggie Jackson, Mr. October, about 45 minutes long. It was an interview that I was locked in on. Hopefully you were able to check that out. Uh, He'll get back to putting together the Ultimate Raiders team starting on Monday, talking about the secondary, corner, safety, whatever the case may be. Uh, That's going to be a tough task, but he's been putting this Ultimate team together, and it's been a a lot of fun to listen to it. Uh, And then right there hearing the interview with uh, Reggie Jackson, I thought was some good stuff and some stuff that I didn't know until uh, we heard it from Mr. October himself. So hopefully you had an opportunity to check that out. But excited about the show that we have as we close out the week really strong. Again, Ari in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. Coming up in a matter of about 15 minutes or so, uh, former Raider running back Frank Hawkins, uh, Las Vegas native, went to uh, the University of Reno, played for the Silver and Black, and uh, actually earned the ring with the Silver and Black in Super Bowl 18. So we'll talk to Frank Hawkins coming up at 2.15, and you'll probably say, okay, well, what's the significance there? Well, this is the final show that we have that we'll do before Josh Jacobs in that 1 p.m. deadline hits on Monday. Of course, again, we're paying attention to that contract situation. Is he going to get a long-term deal done? Is he going to have to play on the one-year uh, one year uh, guaranteed uh, franchise tag? Is he going to decide that he doesn't want to do either and just go ahead and sit it on out for a while or, or whatever the case may be, that's all on him and his agents and, of course, whatever's going on with the Raiders front office, Dave Ziegler and company, as they're trying to make it right for them. Then Josh Jacobs and company are trying to make it make sense for them. So uh, Frank Hawkins is going to join us just to talk about the running back position, what it was when he played, when he earned a Super Bowl ring in Super Bowl 18, alongside a great running back. You may have heard of him, Marcus Allen. <laughs> he was pretty good, right? He was pretty good, a HOF or a Hall of Famer. So it's just, you know, the, the way that the, the league is, is shaped up right now, they're just not looking at running backs like they were even, you know, 10 years ago, right? It's just, I mean, it's almost one of those situations. And it's so, to me, it's wild to say, oh, you could just get one of those anywhere, right? But that's basically what they say at this point. And you think about it, like, this is a, this is a, a, a well-oiled machine. I mean, this is a, an athlete that's, you know, one of the best of the best. of the, He's the part of the one percenters, right? There's a lot of folks that play football. There's a lot of running backs uh, that you see from Pop Warner to high school to college, you know, and, and you never see them sniff the NFL, like, Josh Jacobs is literally the, the one percenter, part of the one percenting group that actually made it to the league. And once these guys get to the league, the NFL and, and the front offices and teams just basically say, yeah, we can get a running back anywhere. <laughs> right? Which we all know is not true. And, and we know they don't mean it the way it sounds, but it just comes off. And it, it's, it's, it's just it's crazy. And one thing that I learned that I didn't really even understand, or I didn't, that's not that I didn't understand it. I just didn't know it ahead of time until I think, Two or three days ago is when it first actually uh, was brought up to to my attention, and, and I took note of it. The fact that the franchise tag for the running back has actually devalued, right? I mean, every position, every single position for the last – just go back to 2015. 
every, every single position, every single franchise tag has gone up in value. The only one that's gone down since 2015 is the running back position. I mean, think about that. You know how salaries are in the NFL. You know how, how that goes. It's always the next guy is going to be the, the, the real big dog, the guy that's going to get the money, and then the next guy is going to get the money, just like Quentin Williams. He just got a, a big-time big paycheck from the, the Jets. Okay, so the next big-time defensive tackle that signs a deal, Chris Jones in Kansas City, is going to probably one-up him. But the running back franchise tag value has actually gone down since 2015, which tells you all you need to know. So we'll talk to Frank Hawkins, former Raiders running back, all things Running back, all things Raiders, as we kick off this Friday show. He'll kick us off in the opening drive. Excited to talk to Frank about that. Coming up at 3 o'clock, Sam Monson from Pro Football Focus. Have a few different subjects want to talk about with him, including offensive coordinators. He put out a piece on offensive coordinators. He also put out a piece on the best wide receivers in the National Football League, and there was a nice little compare and contrast when it came to Devontae Adams and Justin Jefferson. And I'll say this, Justin Jefferson is fantastic. Right, I think back to that draft and know that the Raiders had an opportunity to draft him. Right, And we could do this all the time is go back and say, hey, the Raiders could have had this guy. They ended up with this guy. But just realizing that if the Raiders had taken Justin Jefferson in that draft uh, instead of taking uh, Damon Arnett, they could have had a hell of a one-two punch as far as wide receivers in that first round when you look at they had Henry Ruggs, the speedster, and then they had Justin Jefferson, just an all-world wide receiver. Could you imagine that one-two punch? Now, we all know what happened with Henry Ruggs in that unfortunate situation, that tragic situation. But just on paper, what that could have looked like potentially, man, that would be, that would be nasty, or that would have been nasty. Uh, I'll say this, Devontae Adams wouldn't be a Raider now, but – which, you know, of course, I love Devontae Adams being a Raider. I think that's fantastic. But, man, that would have been a hell of a combo right there in the, uh, in the wide receiver room if those two guys had both been drafted in the first round as opposed to uh, Henry Ruggs and then Damon Arnett. And we all know that Damon Arnett's not even in the league right now. So there's that. And we all know why Henry Ruggs is not in the league either. So Sam Monson will join us uh, also, like I said, talking about offensive coordinators and the top 10 co offensive coordinators in the National Football League and really want to talk to him about that because there's a couple on his list that are offensive coordinators in the AFC West. One being Kellen, Kellen Moore, who is now with the Chargers as opposed to being with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they decided to, to mutually part ways, and uh, he picked up his, uh, his ball and took it to, to L.A., and he's there with the Chargers. And I'll tell you right now, I feel, and we'll ask Sam at 3 o'clock when we talk to him, I feel like Brandon Staley, this is like his lifeline. You know, uh, that, that show when it's uh, – what was that show that they had, Ari, where it's like you phone a friend and you can do all that other stuff? Uh, I can't remember. How to be a, uh, something to be a millionaire. Something yeah. like that, yeah. But, but you can – Who you wants can to phone be a millionaire? A, yeah, who wants to be a millionaire? You can phone a friend. You had a lifeline. I feel like that uh, Brandon Staley has used all his lifelines, and the last lifeline he has is Kellen Moore and his – offensive coordinator uh, opportunity and, and his ability. And if you go back and look at Dallas's offense, they've had a very top-notch offense. I don't really like the philosophy that Kellen Moore has where he throws the ball all over the yard all the time, especially in Dallas when he had guys like Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard. But he will throw the ball to the, the running back a lot, so that should be good for Austin Eckler and the Chargers. Also, he should be able to help out Justin Herbert. But I really think that he could be the head coaching and waiting if things don't work out for the Chargers this year. If that defense continues to be poor, and, of course, the defense is supposed to be what, what uh, Brandon Staley is a guru of. You know, he's supposed to be a defensive genius. So if he doesn't figure it out, I really do believe that uh, the Chargers will let him go. And I, I've, I, for one, 
believe that Kellen Moore has an opportunity to be that guy as the head coach because I felt like he was going to have an opportunity to be the head coach in Dallas, but they still have Mike McCarthy there. So um, we'll ask Sam about Kellen Moore. And then the other offensive coordinator that's uh, on the top ten list is Matt Nagy. And one, I'm kind of interested in why Matt Nagy's even on the list. Uh, last time we saw Matt Nagy coaching, he was the head coach of the Chicago Bears, and it wasn't very good. Uh, also, Eric Bieniemy was the OC there in Kansas City. He took his, his talents to uh, D.C. He's now with the Commanders. He was on that list as well, I believe, at number seven. And uh, Matt Nagy was at number eight. But Matt Nagy wasn't the offensive coordinator last year, so I don't really know how he got on the list, right? I mean, because he, he wasn't that guy. He was, he was on the staff, but he wasn't that guy. And we all know that it goes through Big Red there in Kansas City. Like, Andy Reid is the guy who does everything, and that's one of the reasons that's been thrown out there that – that uh, you know, Eric Bieniemy didn't have a head coaching job is because well, Andy Reid does all of the the heavy lifting. He does all the play calling. He does all the designing. He's this, that, and the other. It all goes through him. Which I'm not trying to take anything away from Andy Reid. Uh, I just I'm just interested in why Matt Nagy, who was not the offensive coordinator last season, is on that list. But again, Sam Monson from Pro Football Focus will join us at three o'clock. We'll talk all about that, and then I'll ask him about Joshua Daniels, who's obviously the head coach of the Silver and Black, but. Also is the play caller. Uh, I mean, he's the de facto offensive coordinator as far as I'm concerned as well. I know Mick Lombardi is there, but he's not the one that's, you know, as Eric Bieniemy was not doing in Kansas City, he's not calling the plays either. So we'll ask him about Joshua Daniels. All that's coming up at 3 o'clock. At 3.30, we're expecting to have Andrea Carter from ESPN. She's in town for WNBA All-Star uh, Weekend. And the, one, the reason why I'm saying expecting is because she wants to, to hop on with us to talk about everything WNBA and the All-Star Weekend that's, that's going on. But the problem is the WNBA All-Star Weekend festivities are going on right now. And I don't understand. This is one of the things that kind of – it just kind of bugs me. And, and maybe bugs me is not the right word. Maybe it's more it just confuses me. I don't understand how a sport that is dying for people to really have all eyes on them – has the skills challenge and the three-point competition at 2.10 in the afternoon on a Friday afternoon, Pacific time, of course. I just don't understand it. I, I really don't on a Friday. Like, it just, to me, it doesn't make any sense. The All-Star game is on Saturday, which is fine. You know, 5, 5.15 in the afternoon, uh, tomorrow afternoon at, at Michelob Ultra, that's fine. No problem. It's a Saturday. But to me... They would have done a lot better. Now, there's people there. I mean, I have it on my TV at the home studio right now. There's people that are there checking out the skills competition, the three-point competition, uh, the aces, Chelsea Gray and Kelsey Plum. They won the skills competition, but it looks like uh, Sabrina Iescu, uh, she won the three-point competition. There's people there, but to me, it would have done them a lot better if they had done it in some kind of prime time, if they had done it on Saturday, if they had done it at some time when, I don't know, people that are working could actually check it out especially with the Major League Baseball just getting back from their all-star uh, break, you know, and they're, they're getting back into action today. I, I don't understand why they do this in the middle of the day. I just feel like there's not the eyeballs that they really want on the product. It's not really out there. But right now it is going on, and, again, the all-star game will happen uh, tomorrow at Michelob Ultra Arena here in Las Vegas. So Andrea Carter is going to join the show. I expect her to join the show to talk all things what's going on right now and, uh, you know, where the WNBA is, talk about the Aces, talk about the Liberty and the Sun. That's really the three-headed monster at the top of the uh, of the standings as far as the WNBA goes, the three best teams in the league that are going to be competing in the playoffs and when it's all said and done. 
Uh, so as long as she's able to break away from what's going on here right now, the 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 you know the festivities and all the events that are going on right now, uh, she'll be able to join the show. So we'll kind of keep it fluid and keep it open at that point. But uh, I expect Andrea Carter from ESPN. She's always a great guest. I expect her to be on the show coming up at 3.30. So we got Frank Hawkins, former Raiders running back. He'll be joining us in a matter of minutes. Sam Monson from Pro Football Focus at 3. Andrea Carter from ESPN at 3.30. And Ari, before we get to Frank, I did want to give an update. I was super excited yesterday and talked about it all week long, going to see that three-part docu-series of Goliath. Couldn't wait to get down to the Aria and check out the, the screening of it and how much fun it was going to be, only to find out once I get there. And I guess I should have known this off top, but I really wasn't thinking of it because it was a, it was a movie screening or a docu-series screening. Get there, get excited. I'm feeling good, you know, seeing the red carpet. I see from a distance, I go walking up. I see KG standing there. I see Tracy McGrady standing there. You know, Paul Pierce, Rachel Nichols, who was on the show. You know, I met Rob, the uh, the the director of uh, Goliath. You know, we talked about the interview that he did on the show. I was all super fired up, pumped up and everything. So I went to check in, went to go and get my wristband, you know, and then, of course, it's plus one. So I had little Q with me, who's not little, but I just call him little Q because he's, well, he's, he's younger than me. So... I go to check in, you know, boom, she finds my name, no problem. She gives me my wristband, put it on. She gets another wristband, get ready to give it to little Q, and then she's like, oh, uh, you look a little young. Let me see your ID. So he's like, okay, and I didn't think nothing of it. I still, Even at that point, I didn't think nothing of it. I was like, we're going to see a screening. It's not like we're going to go, you know, we're at the bar, we're popping bottles or anything. So I didn't think nothing of it. Yeah, my bad. So you're supposed to be 21 to get in, and little Q is almost t- 21. So <laughs> the look, <laughs> the look of disgust <laughs> on my face and his face was probably priceless. When I, when man, when we got there and realized that we weren't gonna go in, like you know, it's like I, I felt like you know Chris Brown to look at me now. You can't even get in, you know. <laughs> you you outside looking in. You can't even get in. That's exactly how I felt. It was all bad, Ari. Oh, I, I was disappointed when I saw your text and, and surprised though. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought of that either. And I just the, didn't I didn't think I didn't think nothing of it because again it's a movie screening. Now if it had been something else, I would have said, Okay, you know, hey, we're going to the club, this, that, and the other. But then come to find out at the end of the day it was inside somewhat of a club inside of the Aria. So I mean it made sense if I want to make sense of it, but it didn't make sense because I didn't want to make sense of it. Yeah, that part made sense after you explained it to me, but I was like, even an NC-17 movie? So, you know, because I'm thinking just a movie. He, right. He should be good to go, but uh, oh well. Yeah, but th- to my, to my credit, I wasn't the only dummy that didn't realize that. <laughs> and I say dummy with all due respect because there was others out there that had no idea either. And I saw, I saw one dude, a youngster, you know, walk up and it looked like he was walking up with his mom. And I looked at him, I was like, there's no way in hell he's 21. There's no, you know, and it's like, I almost felt like a hater, and I think I was, right? I was like, okay, he ain't going to get in. If he gets in, we're going to have a problem, right? Because I'm trying to be respectful. I'm trying to be that dude. And I'm just, oh, okay, I get it, you know. But I'm looking at this dude, and, and man, I think I had my hater glasses on because I was thinking, if that dude gets in, we're going to have a problem. But he did not get in. And then he had that same look of disgust on his face, and his mom had that same look of disgust on her face that I did, almost one of those... Wait, what do you mean? <laughs> we're going to go see a a, a, a docu series. We're not going to go, you know. We we ain't at the bar, like I said. We ain't popping champagne. We ain't doing this, that, and the other. But anyway, so the Goliath, uh, the movie, the the docu series, it actually debuts today on Showtime. You can stream it. So that's how we'll watch it, and we will. We'll check it out. So hopefully by Monday, I'll uh, be able to tell you what it's all about and tell you if it was really good. Didn't get the opportunity. Saw everybody there. 
didn't uh, get the opportunity to get in. But, you know, it happens. These things happen. So I'll give you my review of Goliath uh, come next week. So coming up on the show in a matter of minutes, as mentioned, former Raider running back Frank Hawkins will join the show. Sam Monson from Pro Football Focus will join us at 3 o'clock. And then Andrea Carter from ESPN talking all things WNBA. She is expected to join us at 3.30. We also have Cover 3 news and notes of the day and then uh, around the NFL. And then EJ Snyder, he was on uh, the show yesterday Boot, uh, from bootlegfootballpodcast.com, really breaking down the Raiders' offseason moves. Uh, there's a couple sound bites that I want to bring to the table, and we'll do that probably around the 4 o'clock hour. So a lot to get to. Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. And as promised, kicking off the opening drive is former Raiders running back Frank Hawkins, Super Bowl champ. And Frank, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. We definitely appreciate you. And it's funny, man, it must come full circle from you. You're a Las Vegas native. You went to the University of Reno, and now the team that you played for, the Oakland and L.A. Raiders, are now playing in Las Vegas. Did you ever think that that would be something that you started an interview with? You know, uh, I did not. But, <laughs> you know, the opportunity presented itself some years ago, and, um, you know, the Raiders uh, took it upon themselves to take advantage. They needed a new home. I have one time I remember in, in the 80s when we had that uh, 82, 87 strike uh we had talked about trying to get a like a playoff game or a um a vip game during the strike but the players just couldn't get it together but uh so yeah vegas uh has always been on al davis's radar he was very good friends with governor callahan so you know uh vegas has always been in the back of their minds i do know that well, as a Las Vegas native, just looking at the city and seeing how much it's blowing up, I mean, Summer League's going on right now. The WNBA All-Star Weekend is going on right now. Of course, the Golden Knights just won the Stanley Cup. The Raiders play here. The A's want to come here. I mean, could you imagine that your home city would blow up sports-wise like it is right now? We've gone from the gaming capital of the world, entertainment capital of the world, food capital of the world, shopping capital of the world, and now sports capital of the world. We shall, as we all know, have every major sport known to mankind. Everything's going to happen around Nevada, around Las Vegas. We've gone from probably a number two-tier city to the top five cities in the United States, up there with New York, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Las Vegas, Chicago. Yeah, it's been awesome to see. It really has. Again, Frank Hawkins, former Raiders running back, is joining us here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. So what have you made of Allegiant Stadium? What have you made of the facilities that the Raiders have in Henderson? Oh, I mean, the facilities are off the charts. I mean, uh, I'm going to say that our $850 million that we, the taxpayer, uh, invested is probably giving us a good return. Uh, the Raiders aren't winning the way we want them to win. Right. Uh, you know, they still got to fix some issues in house, but I think for Las Vegas, for the citizens, for the tourists, for the hotels, for the economy, it's all good. It is. It really is. And going to the facilities and checking out the stadium. And, and I first know that you, you, yeah, first class, that's the best way to put it. Of course you won a Super Bowl and a Super Bowl 18 and, 
things were a little bit different then. The facilities didn't look like what they look like now. The stadiums didn't look like what they look like now. But if you're a player, if you're a free agent and you're touring this facility and you're touring this stadium and, and, and they're trying to woo you to come to the team, I mean, is there anything else that you want from, from, the, from a team? Well, I tell you what, from, from a standpoint of a fan, right, mm-hmm. you got to want to be in Las Vegas. Right. If you got to be anywhere in the world, you're in a 24-hour town. Now, that's good and bad. Yeah. But I want to be where the lights are. I want to be where the entertainment is. I want to be where everybody else wants to be, right? I, the cost of living, they, they say it's high, but it's still low compared to San Francisco, Los Angeles, Chicago, any of the other major cities where they have sports teams. The weather is beautiful. You don't have to deal with hurricanes. You know, you don't have to deal with earthquakes. Las Vegas has so many pluses, but more so than anything, it's a city on the move, on the rise that's growing. And you can come here, start a family, you know, get vested, invest here and live here for a long time. You'd be a part of the community whereby in other communities, their communities are older. They've been around longer. So you are just a piece. But here you get an opportunity to be to play a major role. And that's in the sport and outside the sport, you can get involved in the community. Not like that anywhere else. Again, former Raider running back Frank Hawkins is with us here on Unnecessary Roughness Raider Nation Radio 920. Wanted to have you on for a couple different reasons. You won a Super Bowl with a very dominant running back in Marcus Allen. He was pretty good, right? A Hall of Famer. You played the running back position as well. Obviously, you did some big things. Want to know just how you've seen that position evolve over the years from even the last 10 years from where it was to where it is right now where the running back just seems like it's so devalued. Yeah, they have devalued it on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) That's a part of the the capitalist system, right? Mm -hmm. We know how important it is, but we don't want to pay. Right. So let's put more importance on the quarterback position. Let's put more importance on a – tight end position, let's put more important on a free safety position or a middle linebacker position, but you aren't going to win no Super Bowl if you don't have a running game. When Now, I like the way you guys thought. Open and drive, right? Run, <laughs> yes. Run it down their throat. That's what we would do in the 80s. My seven years with the Raiders, we started the game out running the ball down their damn throat because exactly. you got to make an impact when the ball is snapped from the time it's snapped to the time they blow the whistle and the, and the clock runs out. We punish people. Now, how good is Josh Jacobs? You know what? Here's what I say. He's small but mighty, right? Yeah. The guy you want in a running back, and this is one thing that Marcus Allen can do, so I'm going to use Josh Jacobs for Marcus Allen. You want a guy that can catch the football. They both could do that. You want a guy that can go to distance, right? Mm-hmm. They both can do that. You, you want a guy who's tough, tougher than nails, mentally and physically, right? Mm-hmm. You want a guy who can block. Even though Marcus didn't have to do a lot of blocking, he could block. Mm-hmm. You want to control the run game. When it's third and three, because you got three and a half or third and four, you don't want to have to throw the ball. Imagine this, and this is what the NFL has come to. This is how one of the ways the game has changed. You throw a three-yard or two-yard or one-yard route. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and then you ask the guy to catch the wide receiver or slot guy to gain you three yards. Mm-hmm. Well, any fullback and any running back, if you got your offensive line who's worth the salt, is going to get you on average three and a half yards to carry if you're carrying the ball 30-plus times a game. You control the clock, you win the game. 
You're up 14 points. How many times last year were the Raiders up by more than 14 and lost the game? Because they had a running game. They didn't run the ball down the people's throat. You got a guy who runs 4-4. Marcus was more of a 4-6 guy. But that's a plus. So you got a running back that can do everything. Now, the question is, how good is your offensive line? You're talking about tough. Back when I played, every guy I can name is all about toughness, all about being physical, all about beating up on the opponent. We knew we were going to win, right? That was a given. We expected to win. The question was, how bad am I going to beat up this guy so he can't play next week or he's going to be hurt next week or the next time we play them in the playoffs or the second time during the season because they're in our conference, they ain't want to play against us. Yeah, they remember that. I mean, they really do. They remember that punishment that you put on them. And, Frank, when you're running the ball down their damn throat, like you mentioned, what does that do for you as a running back? Like, how does that make you feel in the moment? So so as a blocking back is what I was for six of my seven years, right? Mm-hmm. And I would get the ball, you know, four or five times a game, and I'd be excited. So excited, you know, of course, I wanted to go to distance. One year I averaged four and a half. On average, mostly four, but – the, the, the carrying the ball was Marcus Allen's job. Right. Right. My job was making sure that linebacker, that defensive end, or that defensive back didn't make the tackle. If there was one guy to beat, Marcus could beat him. That was his job. Right. Now, if my ass, my butt went left, he went right. If my butt went right, he went left. And we would we would do double team blocking where they would leave the linebacker one on one. After that, then it's Marcus against the defensive back or the cornerback, or the safety. that That's his job. That is what the running game is all about. Take your time, chew up the clock, score a touchdown, you get up, especially when you're up. Now, here's what I think about the football, the NFL, which somewhat different. So as, a, as far as the offensive line, right, mm-hmm. you got to have the most important position on the offensive line, which I think is another position they're devaluing, is the center position. Okay. If you can't snap the ball to the quarterback, then you're at a loss. And if every time you go back to drop, drop back to throw the ball on second or third down and the center gets pushed into the quarterback, which was another Raider problem, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. So you got to have a center that can stand against the best nose tackles in the game. So that position is most important. Second yeah. position on the offensive line, you need that left tackle. What they call it, blind side? Yep. Third position, need that right tackle. And now we need, after that, two guards who can pull. And you need all these five guys to be nasty, to blow snot in their beards, on their face masks, on their opponent. All they want to do is go out there and rip the other guy's heart out, rip his head off. That's the kind of offensive line the Raiders need with the running back like Josh Jacobs and a fullback who is part lineman even or lying, as we would say, by heart and spirit. And there you go. We can win. You got great wide receivers. You don't have a quarterback, but if you got a running game, you don't need a quarterback. Right. You need a guy that won't fumble the ball. Do you remember when the Giants won the Super Bowl when Lawrence Taylor was there and some guy on television now, he talks about what a great quarterback he was. Phil Sims, the only <laughs> thing they said to him is, don't throw the ball, just hand the ball off and don't fumble. Right. Right. I'm not going to ask you to throw the ball. That's <laughs> what the Raiders need. If they'd have had that last year and the year before, they'd have probably ended up in the Super Bowl. But you got to know who you are. You got to create an identity. You must, first of all, you start with toughness. 
You got a running game. Do what you're good at. Run the ball down their throats. You got great wide receivers. Put them in position where they're playing one-on-one and get them the ball. I mean, it's so simple. I remember Al Davis, and I again, seven years with the Raiders, I learned this from Al. Al Davis brought in the veteran players to teach the young guys. Al Davis had the veteran players hanging around to teach the young guys the Raider way. I don't see the Raiders teaching or bringing in anybody to teach these new guys the Raider way. They're in Las Vegas, so it might be a new Raider way, but it's not a Raider way that can be transferred or transferable because the guys aren't there talking to the old guys, to the veterans who've done it. And you keep having all of these circus position changes in management from the head coach to the GM. You, you, we got to know who you are. If we don't know who you are, you can't possibly win. And I think that's where they are right now. Is that why it's so important for the alumni days and, and having all the alumni, like you mentioned, the veterans that know the Raider way to be there and the way that the Raiders do embrace the alumni and make sure that once a Raider, always a Raider, and that they're fully appreciated and embraced to be around the young guys and kind of teach them what it's like to be a Raider? Without question. But let me tell you something. The veteran guys ain't around the, the young guys. I have – now, when I was around, it was different. But we have not talked to the young guys. They don't, we don't talk to the running backs. We don't watch. We're, there's nothing. That's what I mean. That's part of the problem, yeah. in my opinion, okay. my humble opinion. But if you had that, that was unique. No other team in the NFL had that like the Raiders. And, and I, I, I think they, they've, because of the changes, again, mm-hmm. they've lost their way. They don't understand. The new people who come in want to do it their way. They're not accustomed to what the Raiders did or what those traditions are, or they're not as valued as they were then. But in the case of the offensive line or defensive line, I mean, it was nothing for all of Art Shell, Gene Upshaw, Raymond Chester, uh, you name it, those guys to be there on the sidelines at the games. And I understand some things have changed, but I think the Raiders are missing an opportunity especially being in Vegas, to have their older, mature, experienced Raiders, especially the Hall of Famers and those guys, talking to the players, even if they bring them in for before practice, after practice, before game, to talk about the legends, to talk about the way it was, to talk about how important, how to be tough, how to do this. But there's nothing. So now you're just like another any other NFL team. Well, you got the advantage, and you don't even take advantage of it. Frank Hawkins, former Raiders running back, is here with us on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Getting back to Josh Jacobs real quick, and his deadline's coming up on Monday at the uh, at 1 p.m. Pacific time, as a matter of fact, to get a long-term deal done. And, again, we talked about the dynamics and talked about how the NFL views running backs I mean, he, he wants to take care of his business, and, and I never begrudge anybody for making as much money as he possibly can. Where do you think this goes? How do you think that this shapes up for Josh when it's all said and done come Monday? I think it's real simple. They don't have a quarterback. They gave a guy who ain't a quarterback money like he's going to play. We'll see, right? right? But you got a proven commodity mm-hmm. that you drafted, number one, that's been there five years, who's had four out of five great years, you you paid a man. You gotta have a running game. Yeah. Again, you gotta have an identity. 
he brings everything you want and need. He is by far within the top five best running backs in the National Football League. What else could you want? You build around him. You get those offensive linemen we just talked about. Mm -hmm. But come Monday, if they don't pay, then he stays. He stays at home until they pay. And if they don't value him, shame on them. Shame on the Raiders. Shame on management. Shame on the owner. Because basically what you're saying is, this guy's done everything we've ever asked him to do. And we tagged him last year. We had a chance to negotiate offseason to sign him, and we still haven't signed him. So we're basically saying we don't want him. Okay, yeah, they got another running back. He was a rookie last year. Mm-hmm. He was a first-round pick. He's got all the skills and talents. But who's nurtured him? Who's tutored him? They had no one to teach him, again, the Raider way. Right. So now if you say we're going to go with our, our number one pick from last year, okay, so you don't know what you got. So right. you got a guy who – and he doesn't need – let me say this. Josh Jacobs doesn't need to be in training camp. That's that's a okay. uh, a misnomer too. Okay. I mean, you're running back. You, you're an experienced veteran. You're five years in the league. Yeah, when you show up, you already know what you got to do. You know, you know you're going to get hit. A few plays with the offensive linemen, uh, especially if they have new linemen, they'll be just fine. Right. But it's really, it's really a management decision. And again, to wait this late in the game when you should be building camaraderie, right? When we should be saying, hey, this, this is our group of guys. He's our leader. But now you're going to go into the league splintered. So now people will be wondering in training camp, is he coming, is he not coming, right? right. Everybody has an opinion. They already had some issues about getting rid of their tight end, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, who needs more nonsense in the game, even though it's a business? But, you know, people have feelings and people have relationships. But if management acts as though they don't care about the players, then trust me, it ain't long before the players don't care if they win or lose. Mm. Good stuff, good stuff. And especially well, we'll... if they're sitting on the bench because they got an ache. Right. If you start out one and four or two and six, you you can bet those players that don't feel as though they, they were treated right are going to be sitting on the bench and ain't going to be making an effort to play because they're going to say, why am I going to play and I might get hurt? Well, we'll find out on Monday come 1 o'clock. We'll see what it looks like, see if a long-term deal is done, if a franchise tag, $10 million guaranteed is signed, what the, what the case is. But there's no doubt that the running back position has definitely been devalued in the NFL. Well, Frank, it's been fantastic catching up with you, my man. I definitely appreciate you. We'll have to do it again soon. Always my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, my man. Former Raider running back right there, Frank Hawkins, joining us. Super Bowl 18 champ, definitely appreciate his time. And uh, he was the guy that opened up a bunch of holes for Marcus Allen. And, you know, as he said, he went left, Allen went right. If he went right, Allen went left. And uh, clearly a a, a very um, big, I don't want to say cheerleader, but a big fan of Josh Jacobs and the identity that he brings to the silver and black. And I can say that he's right about the identity for sure. He established that identity last year. It probably took about four or five weeks before it actually happened, but – Once that identity was established, you knew it was Josh Jacobs, and uh, he was going to continue to do that throughout the course of the season. So many thanks to Frank for giving us a few minutes of his time this afternoon. Why don't we go ahead and hook you up, man? How about call number 9, 702-365-9200. We're going to get you qualified right now for four 
tickets to an Aviators game. We're going to get you in to win. You're not winning the Aviators tickets right now, but we're going to get you in to win. We're going to get you registered for those four tickets to an Aviators game, which will get you one step closer to the grand prize, the Lotus Summer of Fun. Take the trip. Take the cash. You have a shot at getting the five-day houseboat rental on Lake Powell plus a $1,000 gift card for gas and food. But the first step is getting registered for the four tickets to the Aviators game. Caller number nine is what we're looking for, 702-365-9200. This is Red Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Gotta give a big shout out to Bill. He got in to win. He is a caller number nine. He has an opportunity now to win four tickets to the Aviators game. And if he does that, again, it'll be a little bit closer to the Lotus Summer of Fun. Take the trip or take the cash. You could take $3,000 cash or you could take the trip. This week's trip, five-day houseboat rental on Lake Powell plus a $1,000 gift card for gas and food. Not to mention, I know it's Friday. On Monday, the morning tailgate, Clay Baker, Lindsey Brown, Vinny Bonsignor, they will give you another trip. They will announce another trip that we're doing as, again, we're giving out a trip every single week. It's a Lotus Summer of Fun, so we're having a lot of fun doing that. And uh, so, Bill, he's getting hooked up. He's, uh, he's registered for those four tickets to the Aviators game, and he'll find out sooner rather than later uh, what, the, what the scenario is and what's going on next and, you know, where to go from there. Many thanks to Bill for uh, tuning in and, and getting hooked up as well. And of course, we want to hear from you throughout the course of the show at 702-365-9200, the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r Many thanks to former Raider running back Frank Hawkins, who uh, kicked us off when it came up to the, the opening drive. We definitely appreciate him and really wanted to talk a lot about the running back position, right? Want to talk about Josh Jacobs. It's the final show that we'll actually do, myself and Ari, before that 1 p.m. deadline on Monday. Uh, of course, the morning tailgate, we'll have an opportunity to talk about it on Monday morning. JT will be able to walk, uh, you know, go right into it. He'll know before he gets off the air <laughs> what the latest scenario is with Josh Jacobs. So we want to throw the question out there as I like to bring a, uh, a topic or two to the, to the table each and every day. This one, do you believe a long-term deal gets done for Josh Jacobs by 1 p.m. Pacific time Monday? It's real simple. Do you believe a deal gets done? And if you do, what does the deal look like, right? Just want to put a little bit of uh, extras on it if you do believe that a deal is going to get done. Or maybe you think that it's going to end up being ultimately a one-year franchise tag, right? He's going to have to play for the $10 million fully guaranteed. Or, you know, maybe you think that he's not going to sign it and maybe he's going to sit out and maybe come back week 10 so he can still get credit for a season. Whatever the scenario is, we want to hear from you. 702-365-9200. Ultimately, what do you think is going to happen with Josh Jacobs in this contract situation as they're up against a deadline now, 1 p.m. Monday is the, is the time, 1 p.m. Pacific time, 4 p.m. Eastern, obviously. So 702-365-9200. Got a couple tweets that I wanted to get to real quick before we get into hour number two, and we'll have Sam Monson kicking us off from Pro Football Focus. One of the tweets was from NC Raider for Life. Q, thanks for having Frank Hawkins. I heard in his words that, uh, you know, he's fired up and uh, not really too happy with what's going on with, uh, with management. So uh, that was from NC Raider for Life. Also got one from Mike, a uh, good friend of the show. Please pass my respect on to Frank. He was a hell of a fullback and not just a blocker either. He was an excellent runner, just never got many opportunities. That was from Mike on Twitter. Sir Whiskey Ray hit us up at 69187, keyword R&R. Uh, have a fantastic week- weekend. I'll end this with 
Raiders. With training camp is just around the corner. I'm pumped for the season. That is Sir Whiskey Ray. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick as we got a couple of patient uh, listeners. Raider Mac, you're up first. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Mac? Hi, right, what's up, QQ? How you doing, man? I'm blessed. How are you? Uh, trying to recover from vacation, man. You know, <laughs> getting ready. And, you know, when the season starts, people don't realize, even though we're not playing the game and we're not broadcasting as fans, it takes a lot of emotion, especially you dealing with the Raiders. You got emotion. You're paying for tickets. Yep. You're going to a sports bar. I mean, whatever it is, I mean, I think we, you know, I think the fans don't get enough credit for how much we spend and do all this stuff. Hey, without anyway, hey, let me let me let me stop you yeah. right there. Without you, Raider Mac, and without the fan base, there is not nothing else. So yeah, the fan, you're absolutely right. The fans need to be saluted and, and respected all the time because look, free agents they come and go, coaches come and go. The one thing that stays the same, and I'll I'll say this till I go to my grave, the fan base is always there. So Raider Nation gets the biggest salute of all. Absolutely, you're absolutely right. Thanks, Q, and I appreciate that because I've been through the 3-14 and 14 and, and sitting in the Coliseum in Oakland and when we weren't winning and stuff, but I still follow my team because that's just that's just, that just us. But, Q, I did, there was somebody uh, last week had called and said that the, the as far as Josh Jacobs, you don't need to sign it because running back to that. But right. here's the problem with this. The problem is you take Josh Jacobs out of that offense last year and we didn't score a lot. You go look at that Seattle game. Man, that dude was a one-man team. And it's not just that game. But my thing is, I, I'm, I'm with um, – look at look at the other teams in the league. Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, uh, Miles Sanders, who went to the Super Bowl, Dalvin Cook. You know, people saying they, they – you know, the running backs are not getting the ball as much as they used to, and I understand that. But at the same time, at 1 o'clock, if you don't have Jacob sign, it, it's going to be some problems. I'm telling you right now, it's going to be some problems with this. He's going to sit out. I don't blame the kid. He he runs hard. He's the harder. And so you can't just pay based on uh, on his position. What he brings to that locker room, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. He brings a lot. This dude brings a toughness that you don't have. And that's all I have to say on that, uh, Q. I wish you guys have a good weekend. But, man, hopefully Monday when we're talking again is that this guy is signed. And, oh, one more thing, Q. You know, the uh, who was that you had before on just a minute ago, the running back? Oh, Frank Hawkins. Frank Hawkins. You know, he brought up the, one of the best points that I – is that the commodity with the Raiders, you don't get that on other teams. And that Josh McDaniel has kind of lost some of that. I know we had that Raider uh, – you know, they had the – the, they come back for that once a year or whatever. No, mm-hmm. you need to have the Raiders around all the time, like what he said. We just we done lost our mojo a little bit with that, but hopefully it'll come back. But we'll see what McDaniels do, and uh, have a good weekend. All right, hey, great stuff, man. Thanks a lot. And yeah, I mean, hopefully, you know, hopefully the the alumni start speaking, you know, really loud, and and, and people start hearing them. And if they're not around and embraced enough, maybe maybe they need to be around a little bit more. And and like Frank said, kind of mentoring the young guys. I know that Max Crosby talks to you know a lot of the alumni. I know that a lot of the alumni are always at the facility, uh, you know, checking out practice. I mean, I'm there. I see them. Right. So I know that they they are there, but maybe, you know, maybe a few more of them want to get involved and need to get involved. Raider Mac, thanks for the call, man. Really good stuff. And I'm with you, man. Josh Jacobs to me is more than a running back. I hate the just saying, oh, you can get, you know, you can you can sign any of these guys or or you can get one anywhere. I just think he's a different dude. But 
that's me. And, uh, you know, I, I know that the data is out there, and so it's hard to go against the analytics. I'm not an analytics guy. I'm an eye test guy. <laughs> right? And, and, and the eye test tells me Josh Jacobs is special, and you need to keep him around for, uh, for some more years. But that's just me. We'll see what ends up happening by uh, Monday at 1 p.m. Up next is Tony. How about Tony? Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, what's up, Q? Big fan. Thank you, man. Yep. Um, to me, this the Josh Jacobs thing, uh, I don't know how we would let someone like this go or why we would not want to sign him or keep him long-term, uh, just to kind of piggyback what, off what the previous caller said, uh, not just what he brings on the field, but uh, to the locker room as well and just like his life story. You know what I mean? Everything yeah. he's been through with his yeah. dad, living in the van and a that's a Raider. Like that. That's a Raider for sure, right? <laughs> right. Um, but to me, man, uh, it's also a big, uh, in my opinion, like as a fan, I feel like it's a big moment because I'm still on the wall, uh, kind of one foot in, one foot out on how I feel about McDaniels and Ziggler. Okay. Um, and, yeah, man, I don't know, depending on what they do, uh, I feel like it's just going to tell a lot about uh, – the direction of the team as a whole uh, and just their kind of philosophy because I'm still kind of undecided on them. I support them, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, mm-hmm. uh, I just don't know how I feel sometimes. I hear yeah, you. Man, yeah, shoot, I don't know how we could let or why we wouldn't want to keep someone like him long-term, especially what he did last year. Obviously, Devontae is going to do his thing, but you can't tell me that he didn't contribute to some of the, the big passing plays as well and what he brings to the run, but yeah, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. Thank you, Tony, for the call. And I think Devontae and Josh Jacobs really uh, complimented each other really well. Uh, D- Josh didn't have the loaded box to go ahead and, and, and have to run against. He had the cleanest box because Devontae was out there. But also Devontae, you know, had an opportunity because Josh Jacobs was running hard as well. So I think those guys were a nice one-two punch. I'd love to see Josh Jacobs stick, uh, around for the long haul. You know, the one thing I'll say for, for Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels, what they did and made a, a point of when they came in last year was what? Sign the homegrown guys. Right, Max Crosby was the first guy to get extension. Carr was the next one to get extension. We all know how that shook out, but he got an extension. Hunter Renfro got an extension. Eventually, Darren Waller got an extension as well. Now, it didn't work out with Waller and Carr, but they did sign those guys, kind of sending that message to the locker room that, hey, if you do what you're supposed to do, we'll get you signed. We'll get you, you, know, we'll get you your money. But the problem is with the, in this scenario, and I don't like it, at all. I hate the narrative that's around the league, but that's what it is, and I'd be foolish to be act like it didn't exist, is that the running back value, that, that V word, that value is not where it should be. And again, if you look at the franchise tag alone, and the fact that the franchise tag has gone down, the value of the franchise tag since, since 2015, it is actually lower now than it was in 2015. It's the only position in football that's gone down. That tells you really all you need to know. That, to me, is a shame. All right, we're going to take a quick break real quick. What are we going to do? What do you want me to do? Okay, you're going to go to – what are we going to do? All right, just speak to me. You got a mic. Okay, we'll stay right here. Just We're, I'll, I'll we're in good. radio, dude. Just, you don't have to give me hand signals. <laughs> just go ahead and, and uh, shout me out, man. It's all good. I know that I went a little long with Frank uh, in the interview, but, I mean, when you, when you got him on a roll, you, gotta, you, know, you just got to kind of stick there. So uh, we'll make up – We'll make up what we got to make up a little bit later. Just when Wendy hit us up on Twitter, wow, great to hear Frank Hawkins. That's a man who speaks his mind. I agree with everything he said. Hope to see more alumni mentoring the players. What is Raider, the Raider history? And we need a bad, nasty offensive line. And I'll say, man, 
a bad, nasty offensive line. I, I Sign me up every day of the week and twice on Sunday, Wendy. That I agree 100%, and I do believe that they have dudes along that offensive line. But, man, they, they could really, really get down and, and, and have that nasty to them. That's, when that offensive line, when they, when they walk out into the field and they know that they're the baddest dudes out there and that, that they, could just take, they, could, they could just take what they want, it's just a different level, right? It is. And I'm not, I don't want to take anything from the offensive line that helped Josh Jacobs lead the league in rushing. But, man, that's just something about that nasty. And when, when those players know that they got that nasty and they got that swagger to them, it just, it just feels a little bit different, don't it? I, I like that. Great tweet, Wendy. Thank you so much for that. It's always great to hear from you. Again, do you believe a long-term deal gets done for Josh Jacobs by 1 p.m. Pacific time on Monday? 69187, keyword R&R. When we don't have a guest, 702-365-9200. Ari's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.